Praise the Lord. So we're, we're going through the same Romans 4. This is part 4 of Romans 4. We're going to talk about Romans 4, 16 to 25. Romans 4, 16 to 25. And as uh, I read, Romans 4, 16 to 25. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we all... We are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no was no, re, no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him that that's how many descendants he would have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years old, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he gave glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because Abraham's faith, because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It, it was recorded for our benefits too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was, hand, he was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life. To make us right with God. Amen. So you see that, you know, you see what the, the common thing that it's this scripture is saying that I just read. It's, it's talking about promise. A promise. It's talking about a promise. And a promise, a promise can be defined. I looked, at, I looked it up in the Webster Dictionary. A promise is defined as assure someone that one will definitely do, give, or arrange something, undertake, or declare that something will happen. So some people use this word promise. Oh, I promise. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, they don't mean that promise. You know, sometimes they say, I promise. They don't, it seems like more of a, I feel it's more of a misused word a promise is that when someone someone makes a promise it means that you should you you the person that are making a promise should automatically believe that that person has a good track record and that person will keep his promise i, I like I, i'll give you an example why i'm saying this like my 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 five-year-old son david you know the first time he said to me daddy I promise. 
And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if he promised, he means that he's going to do it. So in my mindset, if he promises, say, Daddy, I promise, it means that he's going to do it. So in my mind, I'm saying, it is him that is, he has the obligation to do it. It's not me. I'm the recipient. I'm the recipient of his promise. So, what it is that we are we are prone, I was prone to kind of believe him initially. But later I then found out that he I can't I can't blame him. He's a five-year-old. So because because he's a five-year-old, I can't blame him. He would uh, he would con- constantly do what? He's not always going to fulfill that promise. You know, is is more of a promise and and sometimes fail. You know, it's it's funny that married couples make promises also during their wedding. You know, they make their promises. They say in in death do us part, in in sickness and in what in health, I will be there all the time. So they make promises. You know, and I believe sometimes. We, we don't know whether this is a true, whether we really mean it from the bottom of our heart. Because when chaos happens, when trouble happens in the marriage, what happens? We throw away the the promises thrown away. We 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 start to think about another thing. So some some when someone makes a promise, the person has an obligation to what? To fulfill that promise. If I say, you know, if I say that I will call you tomorrow, you have the obligation to do what? Call that person tomorrow. <laughs> but I think what it is nowadays is like, you know, you, you we've 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 the, the the word promise now is just like a regular the regular thing. I see somebody in my friend, ah hey, I'll call you tomorrow, I'll call you tomorrow. Tomorrow comes that tomorrow never shows up because you never call. Because that's the mindset. You know, Matthew 5.37 say, says, Matthew 5.37 says, But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. For whatever is more than this is from the evil one. So when you say yes, if you say yes, let it be what? Yes. That is the key. That is that is the main key. You see, the Lord expects that when we say, when we say, we will do. And, and that we will really, surely, and we really will what? We do. No matter how inconveniencing it might be. God wants us to always keep our yes. Our yes cannot be sometimes no. Our no cannot be sometimes yes. We should be able to know the difference between yes and no. Praise the Lord. Because people make promises and they, they don't or are not able to fulfill it, 
we sometimes equate it, we equate God, we put God in that picture too. We sometimes put God into that whole aspect that, you know, God, sometimes you, you might not say, you might say yes, or sometimes you might say no. You know, his yes is not always yes. His no is not always no. But we forget that when he when he promises, when when he promises, there is there is a possibility. Praise the Lord. Sorry. And so the, the thing that we need to know that when God says something, you cannot equate God. You cannot put God in the same equation or in the same bucket. As human beings. Someone said to me um, prior to retirement at work. He says to me, he says, Chuka, that people believe you until you give them cause to disbelieve you. And it's amazing for the for him to say that he told me he says because I was he was leaving I said so what 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 advice can you give me, you know you're just retiring, you know you've been here in this job for like over forty years. What advice can you give me? He says people believe you until you give them cause to disbelieve you. So what he's saying is be always be what be truthful. Let your yes be what be yes, and let your no be what no. So we should be, so, but the, the, what I'm trying to say is we cannot, we cannot put God in the same mix as us because we, we don't always keep our promises. But God is always keeping his what? His own promise. We should be eager to believe God. We should be eager to always believe Take the the, 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 the the information that my friend gave me, the, the one that retired. He says, always what? Believe people. So, the, now, remove people. Always believe God until you have cause to disbelieve him. And you know that it will never come up. It will never arise that you're going to have cause to disbelieve him. Praise the Lord. Promises generally do not have anything to do with the recipient. A promise, it doesn't have anything to do with the recipient. So if my wife promises me, say, I promise that we'll go to the mall. It had nothing to do with me. <laughs> it's all on her. She, she has, she should... And especially if she tells, puts a time in it and says, we'll go to the mall on Monday. We'll go to the mall on Monday at 5 o'clock. And Monday at 5, I'll be waiting for her. And she doesn't go to the mall. Who's, who's, who failed the promise? It's her. It's she. So, the, the promise giver has the soul responsibility to give or deliver the promise. God's promises are located in the Bible. You know, some, some people say there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. 
The promise of God has nothing to do with us. I repeat, he has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with who? With God. We are the recipients of what? The promises of what? Of God. Our job is to do what? To believe the promise. To have faith that that promise with what? Will come to pass. That is our job. That is the only job that we have. That is the only job we have. It is his job now to make the promise come to pass. Let's look at it, you know. And also, like I, I will keep saying, we have nothing to do with it. We have nothing to do with his promise. His promise is his promise. He has the ability to make it come to pass. Let's, let me, let's look at it from a different angle. Um, regarding these whole promises of God. You think about it. I like to use this British, the British monarch. The UK royals. If the queen, when the queen speaks, speaks a word, what happens? Her words are fulfilled because what happened? There are people that will, will rally around and do what? Make sure it, uh, it happens. So if the queen gives you a what? A note, a promissory note signed by the queen. Is it the same thing? It means that if you take that promissory note to wherever, it will surely do what? They will for surely fulfill it. Supposing she writes a promissory note to, she doesn't know me, but supposing she knows me, Chuka, Pastor Chuka, she writes a promissory note. Say, I'll take this thing to uh, British, British Airways and they can fly you to anywhere first class. As soon as they see the promissory note, what happens? They would admit me right, they, right away to where? On British Airways. Now, look at it a different way. Her, her note or her word has what? Impact. Let's look forward to, to like Prince Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew can speak on behalf of who? Of the Queen. And it, it will surely do what? Come to pass too. You know why? Why would it come to pass? The reason why it will come to pass is because of the way their lineage. Hello? Are we there? Because of because of their that queen, queen the queen is the is the is the um, the head of the monarchy. Prince Ed, Prince Andrew, and all those people; those are the children and the great grandchildren. So they too have the ability. They too have the ability to speak things, and it will do what it will be fulfilled. Unless when they are they 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 are being banished from the. Uh, <laughs> Unless we are being for the monarchy, they are being banished. That's a different uh, ball game altogether. You know, this happens in the natural monarchy or the kingdom. You know, the same thing is applicable in the kingdom of God. Whatever comes out of our mouth is fu- is fulfilled. Do you know that? Whatever comes out of our mouth is being fulfilled. It's, it comes to pass. 
when we speak on, you know, we speak on behalf of God. When we speak on behalf of God, it will always come to pass. You know, First Peter four four eleven says, "If anyone, First Peter four eleven, First Peter four eleven, he says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified." <coughs> sorry. Through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the, and the dominion forever and ever. So what what is this? He says you are you are you are an oracle. You speak on behalf of God. You speak for God. Speaking the word of God and appropriating the word of God works the same. The key to the word of God is that that you believe it. That's the key. You know, I remember this movie. I really, I, I remember the movie. I don't know. I remember the movie, but what happened with that movie is that um, what happened with the movie is that I didn't understand. I don't understand the movie in, in in its entirety. But the movie is called Matrix. You know, and in Matrix, you know, they wanted they wanted the people wanted to go and see the oracle. And the oracle, you know the purpose of the oracle in the matrix? It says, the oracle predicted the emergence of the one, of the, the person that was going to be the matrix itself. So, what am I trying to say? We speak, we are, the, we, we are the main oracle. We speak the words. We make things come to pass. We are the ones that says, when we say something, it happens. Praise the Lord. Our words, when spoken, manifest, manifest in the physical, so we need to be careful what we say. In the same vein, when we speak or appropriate the word of God in our life, it will what? Manifest. When the Holy Spirit tells you what will happen in the future, it will come to pass. We need to know that, that these are the what? The promises of God. Either spoken to us or spoken by us. Mark 11. This reminds me of this scripture. Mark 11. 12 to 14 and 20 to 20 to 24. Mark 11, 12 to 14, or to 20 to 24. It says, The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a long way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs but there were only leaves because it was not early in the season for fruit it says then Jesus said to the tree may no one ever eat from from the fruit again and the disciples heard it the next morning as they passed by the fig tree 
he had caused the disciples notice it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the what to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, "Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed excuse me, has what has withered and died." Then Jesus said to the disciples, "Have faith in who in God. I tell you the truth." You can say to the mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must what? You must, you must what? Really believe it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe it, if you believe that you have received it, it is yours. You know what this, you know, I've heard this, I've heard this, this scripture many times. And I've heard people say this many times too. That why is God going to cause the fig tree? Ah, the fig tree was not in season now. And God, God is love. How come God not cause the fig tree? People, were, people are so fixated at the reason for God causing, Jesus causing the fig tree. People are so fixated, but they forget that Jesus was trying to demonstrate a few lessons. And you know, tomorrow some people don't understand why Jesus did what he did. But I, I'm here to simplify it, to simplify and tell you this, which is very simple. Praise the Lord. Jesus was Jesus was demos. We should first of all, we should stop. We should stop reading the Bible like storybook. We should stop reading the Bible like a storybook. One, that's one. Two, Jesus was demonstrating the act of calling things into season, or canceling things out of life, out of your life. Sometimes, some things don't have to be in season for you and I to enjoy it. So when things are, in, are not in season, you can cut things into season. When things are, are not in season, you can... You, you, basically, the Bible says, you have, I've given you the keys. That's what Jesus was demonstrating. I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you allow, it will be allowed. Whatever you disallow, it will be disallowed. So Jesus has given you this information. Uh, let me give you this example. An example to, to illustrate this is Abraham and Sarah. Okay, look at what happened. Abraham and Sarah, they were, they were past the childbearing age. We know that now. Abraham was like, what, 99? You know, and Sarah was like 89. They, they were past it. But you know what happened? Look at what Romans, Romans 4.17 says. Romans 4.17 says, Abraham's name, Jesus called, God called Abraham, you know his, his, the name of his, the name is the, the meaning of his name, Abraham, the father of what many nations. So it means that each time they called Abraham, Abraham, what are they saying? Father of many nations. So, so Sarah, Sarah will be calling Abraham. So she was calling her child into existence. Oh, children, 
She, she was calling Isaac into existence, calling the whole children into existence. When you say Abraham, you're calling children. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So in addition, Jesus was demonstrating to us that we can speak to anything. We can speak to anything and we will surely it will surely respond to us. We can speak to animate. We can speak to animate or inanimate objects. We can speak to animate or inanimate objects. They're different. They're different. Um, what do they call it? Lessons that we need to learn from here. I, for me, it's Jesus is saying, call those things. You can call those things. Call them out. Speak the word. Speak the promise. Because it's, when you speak it, you're the recipient of it. But let's talk about what we're talking about in this Mark 11. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. And the next and the next day, can you imagine Jesus did not look at the fig tree to see whether it worked? He simply did what? He believed that if he spoke the word, then it has no choice but it will come to pass. Why? You know why he did that? He knew the promise. <laughs> he knew that you cannot equate the promise of God like the promise of human beings. It, it, it doesn't sit together. It doesn't, it's not like a lock and key. He knew that when he says something which is the promise of God, it always comes to pass. So what's the point in looking? He says he was not looking to see no, he was not looking to see. But who was looking? Peter. Peter was looking to see whether Jesus' word, this word that Jesus spoke, is it going to come to pass? Then Jesus reminded Peter, have faith in who? In God. Basically, Jesus was saying to Peter, simply what? Believe. Jesus was saying to Peter, trust God. Stop looking. Remove your physical eyes from something that is spiritual. The promise of God is spirit. Because don't forget, God is who? Spirit. And if God is spirit, his words are spirit. So Jesus did not, did not go over this victory to check to see if he's dead. You know, there was a recent situation that I, I, I encountered. You know, I've been I've been praying to God about. And each time I go and read, I go and check to see whether this thing is working. I go and check to see whether it's working. Is this really working? Then yesterday. Yesterday, I I I I I won't lie to myself. Let me let me don't lie over here. 
I checked, but I wasn't. Uh, I just when I checked, I then said to myself, "What am I checking this thing again for?" This is giving me high blood uh, pressure. I said, "I'm not checking again." You know, as soon as I say I'm not checking again, the thing dropped in my spirit. It says, "The Holy Spirit dropped something word in my spirit." It says, "Good, now I can walk." <laughs> say, "Good, now I can do." I can do some work. You know, as we keep checking, you know what happens? Doubt sets in. Let me give you another example. One day, I, 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 was, I was taking a shower and I don't know what happened. When I finished showering, my ear, you know how it is like maybe there's water that entered your ear? But it's like my ear became blocked. I don't know. It wasn't water because I know it wasn't water. I don't bend my knee. But my ear became blocked. You know what I said? I then did. I said, I, I, I did I did the whole, you know, maneuvering, whether you maneuver your ear and bang it so that you think water can come out for where. It didn't, it didn't, nothing happened. Then I finally, I finally decided, you know, I prayed about it. I said, God, I put my hand in my ear on my ear, I say, God, you know, just like the memory of the righteous is blessed, my ears are blessed, I'm whole, this is your word, I'm healed. And I said, and then I concluded with this with this state, statement, I said, I'm not going to look at you. I said, I'm not going to look at you, I'm not going to worry about you, God has done it, so it's your business. Devil, you want me to look, but I won't look. And I went about my own business. And I didn't look. I didn't even bother. You know, that's what happened to Jesus. If you read, I just took out that select. But when you read from verse 12 all the way down to verse 25, you see that Jesus went to the temple. He went to the temple, chased out the people, the, the money doublers, and chased them out. Then the next morning, he went by the fig tree. He didn't go looking. So I said to myself, I said, forget it, I'm not going to look. So that, I think it happened on Saturday. I went to the wedding, came back. He was on the way, coming back. And I said, ah, this year is no more blocked. I said, praise the Lord, and I kept on moving. The point is, the enemy wants you to do what? The enemy wants you to look. Because when you look, doubt sets in. Unbelief sets in. We need to do what? We need to believe the promise of God. We need to know that the promise of God is what? Yes and amen. All this whole aspect of, you know, somebody will say, and does does God heal? Does it say in the Bible that he was he was bruised for our iniquities, wounded for our transgressions, by his stripes will be made whole? If he says it, it means God heals. Oh, is yes, is yes. Whether you got healed, whether you know you prayed about it and you didn't get healed, that's a totally different uh, thing there. 
understanding. It could be that you didn't believe God. It could be that you weren't walking, you were walking in unbelief. It could be that you were walking in doubt. It could, who, who knows? But now, now you come and say, eh, God doesn't heal. He doesn't heal anymore. Please, oh, let's not, let's not fight. Because I will tell you right now, the promise of God is yes and amen. Let me tell you another thing. Do you know that, that it is the Lord's reputation on the line? When he gives you his promise. Do you know that it is his reputation that is at stake? And if it doesn't come to pass, it is his problem. So means he's tell- exactly it means he's telling a lie. It means he's a he's a he's a compound liar. However, when we when we keep looking and watching and waiting, you know that's you know. Let me tell you something. That's what happens to us. We are using our physical senses to look and watch and wait. Oh, is this God really going to do it? We need to be in the what? Have been at the rest of God. What is the rest of God? Believe God. She's feeling sleepy. But she doesn't want to sleep. We need to be at we need to we need we need to be in the rest of God. Isaiah 40 31 says, But but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Those soar high on eagles, on eagle, on wings of like eagles, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The key is trust. The key is those who trust the Lord. Those who trust the Lord. We need to be able to trust the Lord. We need to have a full assurance that he will come through. He has the ability to change your situation. Huh? Isaiah 40, 31. He said, those who trust their... David, stop, please. And no, you don't know the scripture. Don't worry, you know it later. He says, he has the ability to change what? Your current situation to something better. He has the ability. He has the... Let me, let me tell us something. Some... Sometimes we do not believe God instantly. Do you, do you know? Do, do we are we on are we on par with that? Sometimes we don't believe God instantly. Sometimes we do. But for those who do not, who, who for those of us, sometimes that don't believe God instantly, God's grace is on our side. It is is because it, it becomes a work in progress. You know, Abraham was a man of work in progress. Abraham didn't just get to this place and say, ah, I, I, I trust God. <laughs> it, it, there, was, there was a process. He went through process. You know, you know that every Christian has a measure of faith. When you, when you, when you, be, when you become a Christian, you've been given a measure of faith. But as you keep working in the Lord, what happens? 
your the faith, your faith and your belief system in God now increases. And that's why you say Enoch, the Bible says Enoch never died. He, he God took him because he say he he walked with God. We need to grow we need to grow to a stage that God is our creator. Abraham grew to the stage that he didn't care about his age or Sarah's womb. He didn't. He did not come through. He, he, he didn't even think about it. He didn't fathom it. All he just knew was. Stop that, David. Stop chewing something. All he knew was God has the ability to do what? To change situation. All he knew was, and all we should know is that the world has creative tendencies. God's promises have power. Have power to change. You know, you can be you can be 80 years old and you can you can say to God, I am young as young as I was 15. That I'm going to live to 120 years old. You know you can you can thank God for that. And you can there was a young man, there was a, I call it a young man, the guy was 84 years old. He said he never had gray, gray hair, no cavity, none. He was never sick, he never had any sickness. Why? He says he never used his mouth to talk guile. He never, he never, he never said anything negative from his mouth. He always spoke things because he knew, he understood the promise of God. Just like the fig tree. Just like, just like Jesus spoke to the fig tree, regardless of the fact that it was not in season. Abraham believed the promise of God, regardless of the physical, of his physical, physical, regardless of the physical, or what the physical was saying. Let's, let me read this scripture for you. So, uh, in the same scripture that we read, but I'll read it in message. Romans 4, 17 to 23, in message. It's, it's, you understand exactly all the things I've just been saying. You, you hear it from message. Message says, from 17 to 23, it says, We call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we are always we've always read in the scriptures? God saying to Abraham, I have set you up as a father of many people. Abraham was the first was first named father and then became a father because he dared to be he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. Can you imagine? He was first named father before he, before then he became father. I'll read that again. It says, Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to be, trust God to do what only God could do. Raise the dead to life with a word. Raise the dead to life with a word. Make something out of what? Nothing. When everything was hopeless, 
Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw. He couldn't do but what he saw he couldn't do. He says, but on what God said he would do. So he was tr- trusting the promise of God. And so he made so he made so sorry. So and so he was made father of a multitude of people. God himself said to him, You are going to be you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham did not focus on his own impotence or and say, look at what he says. He said, Abraham did not focus on his own impotence and say it is hopeless. So he never said, he never opened his mouth to say this is a hopeless case. He says, this hundred-year-old, this hundred-year-old body could never father a child. He never could say that. He never said that. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility, infertility and give up. He never even thought about it. He never crossed his mind. Look at what he then says. He said he did not tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptically, sorry, cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good of what he has said. The key is God is the one that is he has the ability. The key is we need to dare to believe God. Even though things are hopeless. Things are not working. <laughs> dare to believe God regardless of your situation. I heard the story. I'm going to close with this. I heard the story. Uh, I close with this. Let's sleep or listen and listen. There's there's a story that I heard. There's there's a story I heard about this pastor. He had a nursing home, and the nursing home was the Lord told him. He says, "Get all the people." from hospice. People are there, they have left to die. Get them and bring them into the nursing home. And what he then said, what the Lord gave him this instruction that he should what? Play scriptures for them in the, on their bedside. Play scriptures. Healing scriptures. Did you hear this? Did you, have you heard this? He said, play healing scriptures on their bedside. And just keep playing it and keep playing it and keep playing it and keep playing it. And every morning, the plan was every morning he would come and read the scriptures to all of them. Healing scriptures. Then after that, after the healing scriptures, they will be playing the healing scriptures every single day. So what then happened, what then happened was, he says the percentage of people that left the nursing home completely healed was 85%. Completely healed. Because why? They just heard the scriptures day in, day out. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. That's all they heard. 
Can you imagine? That's why I say that you don't you don't instantly believe. It's a process. He heard it day in, day out. And what happens? He says, but you know, people will say, What happened to the fifteen percent? The fifteen percent either did not just wanted to go home to be with Jesus, or they just didn't believe. Who knows what happened? But the percentage of people that got healed completely was eighty five percent. Praise the Lord. Think about this scripture. John eleven thirty nine to forty. John eleven thirty nine to forty. It says John eleven thirty nine to forty. It says, "Take away the stone." Jesus said, "Lord, by now his things said matter." The sister of the dead man. He says, "It has already been four days." Jesus replied, "Did I not tell you?" That if you believed, you will see the glory of God. Has, has things been four days yet? Has it been four years? Has it been 10 years? 20 years? 30 years? Abraham's was 25 years. He didn't see the promise. But God says, only what? Believe. Only what? Believe. And you will see the glory of God. If you can believe, God can change your situation in minutes. If you can believe, God can change your situation. Completely change it. Transform it. The key is to stop looking at the physical and place your eyes on who? God. On Jesus. Okay, now. <laughs> okay, now. The key is to stop, stop looking at the physical and place your eyes on who? On Christ Jesus. Jesus endured the physical because his heart was where I'm going to be sitting at the right hand of who? Of God the Father. Look at this scripture. This same, we just talked about. Rome, um, Hebrew 12, 2. Hebrew 12, 2 says, Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of, of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The key here is we need to believe the promise of God. Know that God is faithful. He is always faithful. He will never forsake us. The key is that we need to trust the promise of God. We need to trust that it will come to pass. We need to know that He is faithful. Even though, even though we might not be faithful, you know, Roman says, even though we, we might not be faithful, but God is forever faithful. So the key here is believe to trust the promise. It is his promise. Abraham trusted the promise and it came to pass. So why can't we trust the promise? Stop looking at your situation. I don't know any anybody that can be worse than Abraham. I haven't I haven't seen anybody as as he, Abraham was double trouble, 
But what happened? God brought him out of that trouble. And now look at people who are talk, still talking about him till tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to use the opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, you have an opportunity to receive him right now as your Lord and Savior. Because when you when you're when you're when you know Christ and He's your Lord and Savior, you'll be able to trust His promise. You'll be able to live by His promise. You're able to walk by faith. You could pray this prayer. Let's pray this prayer. I say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I am a sinner, but you died for me. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. I believe you have you are now born again. Jesus has accepted you. You are in the kingdom. You have the promises that will work for you too. And I pray that you would you would read your Bible and you go to a good church. And if you if you if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want to contact us, you could contact us as Princeton FTLW, Princeton FTLW at gmail.com. Thank you. God bless.